Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I. Hi, this is Kenny from California, and you're listening to the Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast, show number 212. Joining me for today's podcast will be Meds from the UK. Hello there. And Casey from Texas. Hi, everybody. And we're here today to talk about one of our all-time favorite sci-fi TV series, Doctor Who. The point is, not whether you understand what is going to happen to you. Hmm? Seriously, everybody about the ship, right? Ship? Yes, yes, ship. This doesn't look as long as we, you know. You can't just take what I look like without consulting me. You will have an opportunity to choose your Oh. Oh, well, that's not so bad. But I warn you, I'm very particular. Here is your first choice. Oh, he's too old. Might I suggest you just call me Doctor? Doctor? Doctor what? Smith. Doctor John Smith. Doctor, you're being childish. Well, of course I am. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. Tell me, Andrew. Why a bomb, Doctor? Why a bomb and not a missile or some other device? And why these particular caves? There's a reason. It's not our problem, Doctor. Oh, isn't it? Change, my dear. It seems on a moment too soon. If we fight like animals, we die like animals! Look over there. On the other side of your galaxy, that's home. Gallifrey. 250 million light years away. That's a good 10 minutes, isn't it? What's happening? Relax, Ethan Tom. A wound in time. They're like bacteria taking their bathroom. Between time, what are you jabbering on about time? Oh, I might have known you don't. Alonzi, she's saying Alonzi more. Alonzi. Hook shot, Rose Tyler. Alonzi. And then, really, really, find that song called the Longzo. Because then I could take Alonzi, Alonzo, every time. You're staring at me. A month's been on board. If we end up on Mars, I'm going to kill you. So we thought we'd start off with a, a little bit of background of how we came about to watch Doctor Who. So you want to start off, Casey? Okay, sure. Um, well, my story kind of starts off kind of sad, but then it obviously ends happy. But um, once upon a time, I was not a geek at all. Ugh, how no can you say no. that? <laughs> I, I was like so buried in the geek closet that it was not even funny. Um, but I, you know, kept attracting friends who were sci-fi geeks who tried to get me into it, and it just never happened. But, um, last year, uh, uh, I had a boyfriend break up with me, and I decided to make positive changes for myself, and one of them was to finally try to get into sci-fi. 
And I remember flipping through the stations one day and coming across Doctor Who and something just kind of clicked and I just ran out of the geek closet going, I get it. I get it. I understand. I understand. And that's when I started getting back into um, Star Trek TNG, all basically absorbing as much geek culture as I can. So you got, that's how people got me. Great. So Welcome to the club. Yeah. Glad you finally opened that door and came out. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I feel so honored. And... <laughs> okay, okay, Meds, uh, your turn. I know you go back a little further. Yes, well, back in 1922, <laughs> uh, no, we, uh, uh, for, for me, uh, it was, I was about six years old when, uh, when Doctor Who came on, and obviously in, in England we it was the big Saturday night program, and um, it was Tom Baker who was the Doctor then, although it's Peter Davison who's my first, my first, you know, real Doctor, my first proper memory. And the the thing that really got me into it was just the TARDIS. Uh, I was just amazed that um, this very small 1950s police box could suddenly open a whole, you, you, actually a universe size inside it. And to me, that was brilliant. And um, I think, as far as I can remember, the episode Logopolis, which was Tom Baker's last one, was the first thing that got me into Doctor Who because the TARDIS materialised outside another TARDIS. So you had a TARDIS inside the TARDIS. Now that just blew me away, you know. And 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 it's I just stuck with it really ever ever since. And well, until it ended and then came back. Yeah, yeah. For me, um, I watched uh, Tom Baker like you. I mean, as a kid in the early eighties or uh, late seventies, early eighties. And I remember watching it. It was on like the local PBS station here in the U.S. And I watched it. I watched probably, I don't know, 20-something episodes. And then suddenly I turned it on and there was this blonde doctor. And I had <laughs> no idea what happened. And that so turned me off of it that I stopped watching it because I was such a fan of, of Tom Baker. I just liked yeah. his, his doctor. And so when I had so this... you didn't see the regeneration? No, I just turned it on and I saw a blonde <laughs> doctor and I'm like, why are they calling him doctor? What, what, what's going on? And it totally, it totally turned me off. So I stopped watching it because I, I was like, well, I don't know what's going on now. And I didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't like that doctor. I only watched one episode with him, so I can't even say if I like him or not. But I didn't like him for the fact that he wasn't Tom Baker. So I didn't pick back up until the new series started. Um, so I, w- I was I can I considered myself a somewhat fan of Doctor Who because I did enjoy the stories and the whole idea behind it, but I still I didn't really you know as a kid I didn't delve into you didn't there's no internet to see why Doctors changed so I had no idea there, about the regenerations or I didn't find out that until way later in life. So when they was that, was that with the new series that you found out about regeneration, I found out probably a few years before that because I have a, a good friend oh. who's a, who uh, he 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 runs Gallifrey. Which is a convention oh, out here, yeah, yeah. And so he started getting me into Doctor Who, and I told him, you know, I knew about Tom Baker, and I knew about some of the other Doctors, and I finally understood why he changed and all that stuff. So when the new series was coming back, I was actually very excited to start watching it because I I did like the concept and the whole idea. And of course, as soon as I saw Christopher Eccleston and Rose, I was it was that was it. I was totally in love with the series. This show is going to be mainly about the new Doctor Who, since that's what Casey and I know of the most. And I just think we can talk hours and hours just on the new Who alone. So, um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So um, Meds was kind enough to do a little bit of the history of Doctor Who, a really cool piece that I'm going to play right now. So uh, take it away, Meds. Okay, here we go. Doctor Who first appeared on BBC television at 5.15pm on the 23rd of November 1963. Created by Head of Drama Sidney Newman, producer Verity Lambert, the first thing we heard was the excellent theme music composed by Ron Granger and realised by Delia Derbyshire of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. The first actor to play the role was 55-year-old veteran actor William Hartnell. Hartnell's first portrayal was that of a grouchy old grandfather, but his character mellowed over the three years he played the Doctor. Hartnell's ill health forced him to retire from the role, which was at this point a huge success for the BBC. Not wanting to lose the show, they decided to replace the actor. This was unheard of in the 60s, but by coming up with the idea that a Time Lord can regenerate his body when dying, the writers quickly came up with a story that caused Hartnell's doctor to regenerate into that of the 46-year-old Patrick Troughton. From Hartnell's old man, we suddenly had Troughton's space hobo. Cheeky, but daring. Troughton played the role from 1966 to 1969. Using a story in which the Doctor was tried by the Time Lords, the second Doctor was sentenced into exile on Earth, and forced to have to use another of his regenerations. Not great, when you only have 13 in the first place. Troughton handed the role over to comedy actor 50-year-old John Pertwee, who obtained even bigger fame later in life as Wurzel Gummidge. Pertwee's Doctor, although based on Earth with Unit, was a more dynamic, adventurous Time Lord who loved his gadgets and his car Bessie. He was also the first Doctor to be filmed and shown in colour. Pertwee played the role for three years and handed the velvet jacket over to the iconic 40-year-old out-of-work actor Tom Baker, the Doctor with all teeth and curls. It was Baker's Doctor that broke America and thus thrusted him into worldwide stardom, something he thoroughly enjoyed and was more than happy to hand jelly babies out to anybody who asked for them. Baker became tired of the BBC's tightening of its purse strings, and although the show kept its success mainly because of Tom Baker and that of producer John Nathan Turner, Baker soon became disenchanted and resigned from the role in 1980. He's still the longest-serving Doctor, notching up an impressive seven years. Baker's Doctor fell from a satellite tower, and with the help of the Watcher, regenerated into the youthful Peter Davison. Davison, just aged just 31 at the time, jumped into the role with both feet and brought a sense of youth and energy to the programme. Davison, better known at that point as playing the vet Tristian Farnham in All Creatures Great and Small, helped bring a new young audience, including yours truly. Davison stayed in the role for three years, due to the advice given to him by second Doctor Patrick Troughton. The fifth Doctor regenerated after saving companion Perry and we were suddenly given a brash, hard-nosed Time Lord in the form of 48-year-old Colin Baker. Baker, unfortunately, lasted only two years. He was pushed out by the BBC. A shame, as his doctor had amazing potential. Refusing to do the regeneration scene, and who can blame him, the seventh doctor, 44-year-old Sylvester McCoy, had to play Colin as well, with the help of a very bad wig and some even worse special effects. McCoy's Doctor came on the scene in 1987, and although he was a mischievous and great Doctor, he failed to keep the head honcho Michael Grade from dropping the axe. The last episode aired on the 6th of December 1989. It wasn't until 1996 when the BBC, along with the Fox Network, made the TV movie, in which we saw the 7th Doctor, again played by Sylvester, regenerate into Paul McGann. McGann's Doctor gave hope. And apart from some horrendous mistakes, such as saying he was half-human, the film was pretty good, but failed to win the audience figures that Fox had hoped for, and thus Doctor Who dropped off the radar. It took nine years for the BBC to bring it back, and they brought it back in style. With long-time Doctor Who fan Russell T Davies at the helm, we were given a refreshed and updated Doctor Who. Christopher Eccleston 
took the lead role of the ninth Time Lord and opened the Doctor Who franchise up to the world. Eccleston's contract was for one season only and the tenth Time Lord, David Tennant, was already signed up before Eccleston's opening episode even aired. Tennant stayed in the role for three seasons and we now have a new Time Lord to look forward to in 2010 in the shape of 26-year-old Matt Smith. I, for one, am looking forward to seeing what he can bring to this 46-year-old story of a traveller in his old 1950s blue police box. We're going to just go through each series and talk about some of our favourite episodes. Right now, there are four series. Is that right? Which translates into seasons in America. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We're going to start with season one, which premiered in 2005. Uh, in England. It premiered here in the U.S. uh, a little bit later in the fall, I think. But I thought we would obviously start with the very first episode, Rose, because it does introduce a new doctor and a new companion. Nesting consciousness? Easy. You were useless in there. You'd be dead if it wasn't for me. Yes, I would. Thank you. Right then, I'll be off. Unless, uh, I don't know, you could come with me. This box isn't just a London op, you know, it goes anywhere in the universe, free of charge. Don't. He's an alien, he's, he's a thing. He's not invited. What do you think? You could stay here, fill your life with work and food and sleep, or you could go uh, anywhere. Is it always this dangerous? Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I've, um, I've got to go and find my mum and... Someone's got to look after this stupid lamp, so... Okay. See you around. By the way, did I mention it also travels in time? Thanks. Thanks for what? Exactly. Go, Matt, um, go. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, Matt? Well, you were an original Who fan. So, yeah. you know, so all of a sudden there's this brand new doctor. There was no regeneration. There was no, you know, he just mm. kind of appears in that store, grabs Rose's yeah. hand, and, and that's the introduction of him. Well, that that was, I mean, I was totally, really excited for, for new Doctor Who. And when uh, Christopher Eccleston was, you know, uh, brought out as being a doctor, it was, for me, it was fantastic because he's a great actor. And, um I sat there waiting for it to come on. Um, it's actually story number 161, so I mean, you think about how many stories have already been. Um, and then a great opener as well for him to come in, just straight in there, arm out, grabs her and run. for excellent. Um, but then for me, I don't. I think because I'm an old style Who fan, I see Doctor Who as the Doctor, and I want to see the Doctor more. And he just, I just didn't get that. I just got, you know, really it was Rose. I can see it now, and I can appreciate it more now. But at the mm-hmm. time. I was left feeling really empty. Um, and also they killed off a character in it near enough straight away, which was Clive, played by Mark Benton, who was the um, the theorist chap, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and oh, why kill him off? That could have been so great. But, you know, for an opening episode, uh, yeah, it was pretty neat. And also, as you said, there was no regeneration. So that, for me, was thinking, well, what's happened? And, of course, we learned what happened later on. But there is a um, a little hint in that when he looks in the mirror in Rose's flat, his obviously regeneration has just happened mm-hmm. because he looks at himself mm-hmm. and he's thinking, oh, so this is what I look like. You know, I've got slightly big ears and I've got a northern accent. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I noticed yeah. that, too. So, I mean, I assumed he just had regenerated. Mm. 
yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, I first watched it, because I, like I said, I was looking forward to it. I already knew who the Doctor was going to be, you know, because they did a huge press and who Compania was going to be. And so I was I was really anticipating it. And I totally loved it. I mean, I thought it was, you know, uh, not having a ton of Doctor Who in my past, I really didn't have any preconceived ideas of how it should have been or would have been. Um to me, it was just it was, I thought it introduced the doctor really cool, and it introduced his companion, and of course, I fell in love with Rose um, right off the first first series, you know, the very first episode. Um, yeah. I don't know; it's just something about her and the way she was written and the way she interacted with Christopher Eccleston. It was just it was perfect. The, you know, every they hit every single mark, or at least for me, that made me want to. I couldn't wait for the next week to see what happened. Yeah, I really fell in love with Rose, too. It was really interesting to see where she came from Mm -hmm. and to see how um, her relationship with her mom was Mm -hmm. because it's really different from the relationship between Martha's mom and Mm -hmm. Martha and Donna's mom and Donna. It's I think that's one of the things that really got me into uh, this series was the seeing the relationship between the mother and the daughter mm-hmm. because seen, it reminds me of me and my mom yeah and that's probably one thing meds disliked the most because i know he talked about you didn't like the whole family rose's family uh, no and i think it's at least the focus on that because they focused a lot yeah, of series on on, yeah. on rose and jackie and mickey and you know mm-hmm. and I, can say, I mean again uh, it's like i've gone back and I, I you know whenever doctor who's on tv i watch it anyway but i deliberately went back um uh, about four months ago and watched the whole of um season one the, the whole eccleson era mm-hmm. just to see what, what my perspectives were and they were different i must admit they, they changed because i mean i'm, I'm going to talk about now how i felt at the time not necessarily how i feel now but um yeah i just thought there was there's too much essence on Jackie. There was, too, I mean, Mickey just got on my nerves, and he's a, <laughs> it's annoying because Noel Clark is not only a, a fantastic actor, he's a brilliant writer and director as well. Mm-hmm. But you just sort of like thinking, okay, it, it's it's okay for an episode. It's you know, you get the gist, you get the point of view. That's fair enough. Forget it. But to keep bringing them back in, and it's just that whole annoyance of. It's a bit of what I class as the per, the Pertwee era, mm-hmm. uh, the third Doctor, where they're on Earth. You know, it's always constantly on Earth, and it's I don't want that for Doctor Who. He's a time traveller, and he can travel anywhere in space, not necessarily London or Cardiff, whichever way. Yeah, people have called it like soap opery because of the family drama, and and <laughs> you know, I I I enjoyed the aspect of it. I actually liked mm. that part of it. That's what made me really enjoy the series. Um, so I guess you know some people who love it and some people. I think the I think it's more the hardcore original fans who obviously had a little a few gripes here and there about it. All right, so let's move on to another. I thought was a real, was probably one of my most favorite episodes. It actually was a two parter, uh, the empty child and the doctor dances. <laughs> Let him touch you. What happens if they touch us? You're looking at it. Are you my mummy? It's Nancy. Your sister. Dead, Jamie. You're dead. Mummy. 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 
can't go wrong with Stephen Moffat. No, I mean, yeah, I think every episode he wrote is just unbelievable. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this because they introduced another semi-main character, uh, Captain Jack, who I just, I totally fell in love with just because he was just so cool. Um, he was American, you know, so it was kind of nice to not have the accent and, and a different type of character. Um, and Even just with, John Berriman is Scottish. Well, yeah, that's true. Scottish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that is very true. And um, the fact, I just like the story. I mean, that was one of the most creepiest Are You My Mommy. That, oh, that I'm gave like... me nightmares. I mean, I had friends who would call me up on my message machine and say, Are You My Mommy? And then hang up <laughs> on my voicemail. So I'd be listening to these people, and they just thought it was the funniest thing in the world because it freaked me out so much. <laughs> These two episodes make me re-guess on having kids. It's just like, <laughs> oh, look at the baby. Are you my mommy? No. No, I am not your mommy. <laughs> that's, the fir- that's the first thing I'm going to do with- when my child comes along is to get <laughs> to say that <laughs> to my wife. I'm just going to knock on the door. Here's a little gas mask. Okay. <laughs> that, that, was, that was one of the creepiest, and it wasn't over the top, it was just perfect. I mean, everything about it was perfect. It was just creepy. And I think the setting as well with, with World War Two was just added that extra, uh, you know, kind of ambient feel of darkness mm-hmm. and, and death going on. Yeah. But it was also cool because everybody lives, which is mm. very unusual for Doctor Who. Because yeah, Nancy, seems... that, that's, um, um, oh no, it's not, isn't it? That's someone else. Because Nancy is the, the, the hero, the, the, the heroine at the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. By coming out saying what she does, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it was just a really, it was an all around, it was an all around great episode. So um, and then we let's move on to the final episode, the final two parter for season one. Uh, it was called Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways. What have you done? I looked into the TARDIS, and the TARDIS looked into me. You looked into the time vortex, Rose. No one's meant to see that. I create myself. I take the words. I scatter them in time and space. A message to leave myself here. Rose, you've got to stop this. You've got to stop this now. You've got the entire vortex running through your head. You're gonna burn. I want you safe. My doctor. Protected from the false god. You cannot hurt me. I am immortal. You are tiny. I can see the whole of time and space. Every single atom of your existence. And I divide them. Everything must come to dust. All things. Everything dies. I particularly, I know there was a lot of people who didn't like this, but I, I thought it was fantastic. I love the fact that Rose absorbed the TARDIS and dissolved the Daleks. I mean, I... I would say that, that was beautiful acting on Billy Piper's part, because yeah. when I think... 
when I think of um, anyone who's ethereal and just so much like a goddess and heavenly, that's the picture I get. Yeah. And she was just so graceful and beautiful and seeing those tears stream down her face. That is probably one of my like, most it favorite It gives me chills when you series. talk about it. It was so good. Uh, what did you think, man? I actually loved it. I mean, um, it's just, yeah, I mean, that's probably the episode where I suddenly looked at Billy Piper and not thought of her as the little pop singer as what, how I knew her from. Uh, and just saw her as I'm suddenly thinking, you know what, if she had a long flowing dress on when she came out of that TARDIS and was saying her speech, that to me, that was just theatrical, uh-huh. if you think about it. And, um, and the funny thing is as well, because knowing what I know about Doctor Who, I thought she was going to die. Because I know that you you can't take that. You can't take you know, that much power. power. Yeah. No, no. Mm-hmm. It's the heart of the TARDIS, and the TARDIS, the TARDIS is alive. That's the whole point. It's not just a you know the old WA box. It is alive. And yeah. I thought, well, this is this is going to be interesting because part of me then was thinking this would be great if we can kill off a companion, especially one that I wasn't overly keen with to start <laughs> off with. This would be brilliant. This would really upset people. And what best way to keep people watching is to upset them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like Joss Whedon. That's right. That's right. Why not with uh, T. Davis? Um, Yeah, the other cool thing was just the fact that Bad Wolf was spread out throughout all of the season. So it would go back and it would show you where it was. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I do remember seeing Bad Wolf here and there, but I don't remember seeing it in all the places that they had put it. So I just thought that was so cool. Just the whole idea of, of reintegrating the entire season into that last episode. Um, and then, of course, we have the regeneration. You know, that was that was always... And we always knew that Christopher Eccleston was only doing one series, so... Mm-hmm. Now, did you know, because when, when it came on first over here... <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, what we know now is that David Tennant was actually tasked... Uh, Beforehand. Uh, uh, cast as the Doctor. Yeah. Before Rose was even shown. Yeah. Now... Of course, you know, suddenly you get the, the, the leak and over everyone goes in history and goes, oh, this is really bad. He's not even going to do another series. How can he do that? Well, of course, it was already agreed. So there was a little bit of a backlash against Christopher Eccleston when it came out mm-hmm. um, because he'd done such a good job. And and then obviously when the regeneration, which I thought was done beautifully, because mm-hmm. really, I mean, there's yeah. a few terrible regenerations of just stick the actor there and just do a quick fade out. I think the last good one was, was Tom Baker to, to Peter Davison with the watcher gets involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, what a great regeneration. And you know, for, for the new doctor to come in, I'm thinking, what's he going to be like? And suddenly with David Tennant turns up and just goes like, Oh, new teeth. I thought that's it. He's like <laughs> so what were your overall thoughts on series one? I think when you look at all four series, um, I think um, series one actually has the best um, story arc mm-hmm. when you look at it, um, followed closely by season three. But everything just fits so perfectly together in season one. How about you, Meds? Um, yeah, I was actually fairly you know, satisfied. I had my, my complaints. So, yeah, going back and watching it now... Um... Yeah, I mean, we, we haven't covered it, but like the the one with Rose's father, I just think he's a he's a he's a just a, a beautiful episode. You mm-hmm. know, the, the, yeah. The, the whole it brings in the whole thing of what happens if you change time. That the, there are things out there that will take advantage of it. Now, again, another episode with Rose that I thought, you know what, maybe I am being a little bit too harsh. And going back and watching it now, plus I loved it when he opened the Tardis doors and it was just empty. You know, mm-hmm. you can imagine thinking, oh, you know, someone stole my house. Where's it gone? <laughs> it was there. You know, 
yeah, you leave it, leave it alone for a bit, and someone comes and steals it. Hey, typical. Yeah. But, yeah, going back and watching it again, I thought, yeah, and again, what we say on the Empty Child, the 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 pinnacle of that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm. It will always hold a special place in my heart, just for the fact that it was my reintroduction to Doctor Who, and I still, I mean, Rose is still. I think she's one of my. I mean, she's my favorite companion still, um, and I and I like the fact I like I like just like her whole story arc from beginning to end, um, and I think she had some very strong episodes in uh, season one. And same with Eccleston. I mean, he was. I thought he was a great doctor, and I thought it was a great way to to restart the series. I mean, it did really well. So, yeah. After series one, we got a Christmas episode in between. Uh, the start of series two, and this episode dealt with Tenet's regeneration. Um, I guess there were he was having some issues, and um, now is this normal with the doctors to have issues? Yes, it is. Um, it's uh, it's because it, the, the body totally changes. You need time um, to obviously to, to recover from such a traumatic experience, and they generally they, they generally always <laughs> go wrong. <laughs> Oh really? You'd have thought that a sort. Ah, oh, yeah. Every single one's had a had a problem. They they they, they end up having you know, all these different personalities come out every now and again, and some of them can go slightly bad. Like Colin Baker's one went terribly bad. He he tried to kill the companion. Um. So this yeah this is this is pretty normal. Oh okay. Um. But what do you guys think of the actual Christmas episode? They actually they, they, there's key parts like you know when when the Doctor's hand gets cut off that come back mm. and make it you know that make yeah. it, or uh. The Prime Minister Harriet Jones, you know. Yeah. So I, I like I like that they plant these little seeds. So what do you guys think of the series what, uh, of the Christmas special? Oh. <laughs> I know, because it's just like you know, it's killing Christmas. You know, a spinning Christmas tree. Got on my nerves for a start. Santa's walking around, which was just even more annoying. A flying tardis crashing was brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with that. Um, no. And the homage to um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, yes. That was for me real nice touch to, towards Douglas Adams in, yeah. in his pajamas. Uh, you know, a, a great bit. And also choosing his because um, cho- this is the episode he chooses his, his outfit. Um, yes, he does. He goes. There's a little mm-hmm. scene in that where, and I haven't, I haven't gone back to look at it, but I'm sure at one point when he's picking out his jacket, he picks up his outfit that he wore in Casanova. He picks up. Uh, yeah, the there's, a, there's a whole bunch of. Well, no, there's also other Doctor outfits in there. Yeah, I he was wearing uh, the scarf. Yeah, there was a scarf one from it's Tom scarf, Baker. Yeah. There's there was like little bits and pieces of old Doctor Who outfits, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that was that was nice and uh, yeah. but it, yeah, it's definitely the weakest Christmas special. Yeah. Did you yeah. you saw it, Casey? Yeah, I saw it. Um it when I look back on it, it really isn't the strongest Christmas episode, but it does have some of David Tennant's best lines. <laughs> That he's had throughout the entire series, like when the Sycorax is asking who he is, and he just yells out, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> I just love that part, and each time I watch that part, it just makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> that and rude and not ginger. I think that I I just laugh. It's it really shows off, you know, the comedic side of yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. All right, great. Let's go on and move on to Series 2 or Season 2. I know we keep interchanging those words. <laughs> um, I thought we would start off with a, a really cool episode called School Reunion. Hello, Sarah Jane. It's you. Oh, Doctor. Oh, my God, it's you, isn't it? 
You've regenerated. Yeah, half a dozen times since we last met. You look... incredible. So do you. <laughs> I got old. What are you doing here? UFO sighting, school gets record results, I couldn't resist. What about you? Same. <laughs> I thought you died. I waited for you, you didn't come back, and I thought you must have died. I lived. Everyone else died. What do you mean? Everyone died, sir. It was the episode with um, the return of an old companion, uh, Sarah Jane Smith, which I know people were just going crazy over. Yeah. Uh, I do remember her a little bit because she was a companion of Tom Baker. Yeah. Um, but I don't have huge memories of her. So it was kind of cool just to watch my friends go crazy knowing that Sarah Jane Smith and K-9 were going to make an appearance in the in an episode of Doctor Who. So. so what did you think of the episode, Meds? Because I mean, you're you're a Sarah Jane fan, right? Yeah, I am. Uh, um, she went through two. Um, went through. That sounds genius. <laughs> uh, she, was, <laughs> she was with uh, two doctors, uh, John Pertwee and, and Tom Baker, and yeah. um, she was a good, strong character then. You know? mm-hmm. She wasn't just a, a, a run around and scream uh, character which irritates everybody. Let's face it. Yeah. And, and she she's got her own presence anyway, and just to see her in that school walking around, and Tennant's doctor recognises obviously, but she won't know him. Mm-hmm. And the the scene that sticks in my head, and I've I've gone back and watched it many many times, is just when she she's hiding and she turns around and suddenly she sees this huge blue box standing in front of her, yeah. and it's the look on her face, and it, and I almost get like you know the hairs on the back of my face. As I say, you talking about it does that to me yeah. right now. And then when she walks out, and she turns around, and it's beautifully shot. I yeah. mean, it's written by Terry Wise. The way that he just has it where the Doctor's standing there, and he's got how David Tennant always wanted to play the Doctor with his long coat on and his hands in his pockets. Yeah. That image, I mean, that's a poster in itself. Yeah. That really, it's, it's just, just brilliant. And she brings in um, the the problems and that happens if you're a companion, which, you know, people just think they go away. Yeah, he left her. He dumped her originally, in, which was meant to be in London, but he dumped her in Scotland because um, he was had to go back to Gallifrey. He just left her. She didn't know what happened. Uh, I really enjoyed the episode. I mean, I was, I'm a fan of Anthony Stewart Head from uh, Buffy. Oh, oh yeah. So when I heard he was in the episode, I just thought, and of course he's the villain, which is always great. Um, but I didn't know much about Sarah Jane. Uh, I do remember her a little bit, like I said, from Tom Baker era. Um, but I enjoy, I just enjoyed the series. I, like you brought up great points of when she sees the box and she sees a doctor. It was just a really cool reunion. Um, and it, I do, I like the interplay between Rose and Sarah Jane <laughs> kind of compare oh, notes too. and, you know, I've done this Well, he'd done this and it just, it was very funny. You have them. no idea how many times I've seen that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> that that was really accurate. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, and I'm glad because you know because of this appearance and she was so popular, they did a spinoff called the Sarah Jane Adventures, mm. which is meant for more younger you know the younger audience. It, it, it can hold a, an adult's attention. I mean, and it still has the aspect of of a, of a Doctor Who, so it was kind of cool. 
Um, you know, same thing with Torchwood. I mean, we didn't talk about Jack. Uh, Captain Jack actually gets a, his own series spinoff called Torchwood, which was the adult version of Doctor Who. Now, this episode, this is the second series episode, another Stephen Moffat, is my all-time favorite episode. Oh, it's Girl in the Fireplace. You know all their names, don't you? I saw that in your mind. The name of every star. What's in a name? Name is just titles. Titles don't tell you anything. Like the Doctor. Like Madame de Pompadour. <laughs> I have often wished to see those stars a little closer. Just as you have, I think. From time to time. In saving me, you trapped yourself. Did you know that would happen? Hmm, pretty much. Yet still you came. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Catch me doing that again. There were many doors between my world and yours. Can you not use one of the others? When the mirror broke, the shock would have severed all the links with the ship. There'll be a few more broken mirrors and torn tapestries around here, I'm afraid. Wherever there was a time window. So here you are. My lonely angel. Stuck on the slow path with me. Yep, the slow path. Here's to the slow path. <laughs> I think I would have enjoyed the slow path. Well, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, aren't you? Yeah. It's, it's just such a beautiful episode. Um, for me personally, it's... Uh, the way I always look at art is what's the... The work that's very well crafted, like, from every aspect and the one that just touches your heart the most. Mm -hmm. This is one of them because you get to see something that the doctor never does which is basically fall in love with one, in one day mm -hmm. and, and then um there's madame de pompadour who's obviously living her life and she's actually falling in love with him more slowly and it's over a period of years and i i thought that was beautiful i thought it was very interesting to see that dynamic right there yeah. and stephen moffat is just so smart and He's so good. I'm so excited for 2010. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like I said, I just I think this, like you said, this episode just hit all the right marks. I mean, every the story, the 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 acting, just everything. Over the, the horse, of course. Everything about it was just perfect, and it just resonated with me. And it has become my. I can watch it over and over and never get bored. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, and that's it's 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 stuff like that where you really can't nail down why you love it so much. You just do. It's so part of you know, of how you feel about it. It's just a great. It's a great episode. It's one. Of, it's my all time favorite. Let's move on to the final episodes for series two: Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. Planet Earth. This is where I was born, and this is where I died. the first 19 years of my life, nothing happened. Nothing at all. Not ever. And then I met a man called the Doctor. Rob! A man who could change his face. 
and he took me away from home in his magical machine. He showed me the whole of time and space. I thought it would never end. Well, are you going to stay with me? Forever. That's what I thought. But then came the army of ghosts. Then came Torchwood and the war. And that's when it all ended. This is a story of how I died. So, why, <laughs> so uh, why don't you start, Meds? Tell me what your thoughts were on... Uh, well, for, for, when, when I first looked into Radio Times, to, which is our TV guide in England, uh, it's in the UK, uh, and looked at... You know, I always have a look at who writes his stuff. It's mm-hmm. an RTD story. And although uh, Russell T. Davis is a... You know, a he should be bowed down and praised the man for being a doctor. About He's not the strongest of writers. He's great with ideas. Mm-hmm. Not the strongest writers, but... When I saw that the director was Graham Harper, it, that for me made it because Graham Harper is an amazing director of Doctor Who. He did Peter Davison's last story, and that is just directed beautifully. He actually did Time um, Time Crash as well with Peter mm-hmm. Davison Tennant. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is going to be good. This is going to have a lot of cuts, and it's going to have a lot, maybe a bit of running, maybe a bit of this and that. You know, it's going to be a classic style Who. And it was. It was brilliant. Um, you've got, you know, it's just excellent. I just loved it. I really did love this story. It's, yeah. it's just probably one of the best yeah. of that, that this season. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that, I mean, they did tie everything up in a nice little bow, other than having the most depressing ending. Yes. You know. Well, was it, well, it is depressing, but I mean. Oh, I was heartbroken. It was. You know, oh, yeah. The thing is, don't you think that the, the fact that Pete. I mean, that for me, I, thought, I was thinking, oh, you know, here we go again. She's going to die. Uh, you know, let's get the popcorn out and rub my hands. And then suddenly, <laughs> like, <laughs> I just yeah. think it's Pete materializing and just grabbing her at the yeah. last minute. Going, and I just thought, you've got two points. Yes, yeah, she's gone out the story, but she's still alive. No, I mean, still- I'm happy that she's alive. That was great. I mean, it was the yeah. fact, it was their final scene together because she so loves him and he, mm. could, he couldn't tell her at the very end. You know, he was just about to, and then all of a sudden he, you know. Yeah. I mean, because well, like you said. That's what I said earlier, though. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't love. Doesn't yeah, he doesn't love. I mean, so it's huge. And he was, I think he was in love with Rose. Because he was, I mean, he was as close as he could be. Um, I'm not too, too sure. But... I think really? Yeah, no, I think there's a, I think there is an argument to state that he loves her as in, as you would love your partner kind of thing. Yeah, but I don't... I also think that, bearing in mind how old the man is, I mean, he's not, <clears throat> he isn't 35 years old. Yeah. He's 980 years old. He's a grandfather and a father, you know, yeah. if, you, if you look at it. And there's also that point where the first time probably in his life, he's had a companion who he feels not so much matched with, as in like, you know, they're, they're identical, the same, but he feels... He could spend the rest of his life with her, although, you know, her life, should yeah. say. Yeah. I think that's the connection, that's the love um, that he has. It's more of a thing of this, you know, I've I, I found my perfect companion. I could live with her for the rest of her life. And that's what he misses, and that's what he misses when she's gone. Um, but that's just, that's just my point of view. It's like anything with, with Russell T. Davis's stories, it is left for open. Open ended, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, you can say, well, he does love her, and other people can say, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's more complicated than that. Um, I think it's more complicated love because, you know, me being a girl, of course, I can <laughs> see the romance in it. Yeah. Duh. But um, it's the whole thing where, you know, they just understand each other. And it's 
it's basically, I, it's basically the closest thing to soulmates that you're going to get in this series. And I just think it was beautiful. And yes, Russell T. Davies is either a hit or a miss when it comes to being a writer. And that final scene that he did with Rose and the Doctor was just beautiful. I think that that one scene is his best work. So what was your overall thoughts of season two? I think um, overall season two had some good one-off episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, It it wasn't as strong as an arc, but, you know, it was it was still a good season, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was nice. I, like I said, it took about probably about halfway through the season before I really started getting into David Tennant as the new Doctor. Um, and then I loved his connection with Rose. I think he had an even better chemistry with Rose than Christopher Eccleston did. So that always helped me just for the fact that I was such a huge Rose fan. Um, it's probably because they looked happier together. <laughs> yeah, maybe they just they seem more like they would be a fit more than Christopher Eccleston. I think Christopher Eccleston was a little bit older yeah. than Tennant, and it just seemed like oh, Tennant yeah. and and Rose they actually could be a couple. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just I I like the chemistry between those two, and I like the chemistry between. Even though I, I have to say I like the chemistry between Jack and Eccleston better than Jack and and Tennant's Doctor, but oh that. That's how I feel too. Yeah, yeah. I liked when it came to the first season. I liked Jack and the Doctor better than I liked the Doctor and Rose. Yeah, which is always a little weird for me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I really, I, I thought it was a, a really good second season series. I don't think it was as strong like like Casey said as the first, but it definitely had its high points. Had some really great episodes. But I think you can say that with all the series, they had some really unbelievable episodes. So after <laughs> after Series 2, we got another Christmas special. It was kind of a tradition now that they're going to do a Christmas special after each main run of a series. Um, and this one had, um, I think, probably one of the most controversial companions of the Doctor. Either you loved her or you hate her. Um, but uh, this one was The Runaway Bride. And the companion was Donna Noble. All right, Meds. You want okay, to no, go? You two, you two go first. I think all right, I all right, like that. all right. <laughs> oh my! All right. Well, I personally did not like her. I didn't Yay! like. <laughs> I have to say, I I did not like this companion. I didn't like this incarnation of Donna Noble. Just she was the most annoying, screaming. She just annoyed me. All right, Meds. Let loose. I'm, I'm not going to rant as, as much as you think I would. Um, you're going to wait for series four to rant. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm saving myself up. Um, <laughs> she, uh, her, her, her version of Donna Noble in, se- uh, in season four is actually hell of a lot better than yeah. this one. Yeah. Uh, because I, I don't... And uh, You see, if, if she wasn't a comedian and if she hadn't done her programs that I know her from her. Uh, then I, you know, I could probably be a little bit more easier on her. But she was just her comedy characters in her her, her show. That's what know? I heard. And I, yeah, I, I, I just I like her as an actress. She's a really, really good actress, and I've seen her do some serious stuff. And you know, and I like her actually as a person as well. But I could I could just see her comedy characters coming out, the faces she pulls, the voices she uses. And, you know, I don't want that. I want my Doctor Who episode. I want to see a good character. Now, the story was, was, wasn't was too bad. A bit annoying with the, the, the same Santas coming about, but <laughs> if you'd have put anybody else in there, any other actress in there, I think you would have got a very, very good 
episode and probably a better Donna Noble for this episode and maybe even for the future one. Um, but I just sat there thinking every time her, her, her irritating face came on the screen, <laughs> it was just like, I, I, I will never turn Doctor Who off. Uh, but I, came cl- I really did come close. And I, I remember going on to a, a Doctor Who forum afterwards and I couldn't get on it because it was just <laughs> yeah. post after post after post of just people being annoyed. But it, it was purely because of the fact that we know her from the Catherine Tate show. Yeah. And if you don't like the Catherine Tate show, you certainly wasn't going to like this character. All right, so now we're going to move on to Series 3. This series was interesting just for the fact that we get a new companion. And for me, that was probably one of the harder things than actually getting a new Doctor, just because I was such a Rose fan. Um, And they were going to introduce this whole new character. And um, so I was really interested in seeing how this series was going to plan out. So we're going to talk about the first episode, uh, which introduces the new companion, and it's called Smith and Jones. I went to the moon today. A bit more peaceful than down here. You never even told me who you are. The Doctor. But what sort of species? It's not every day I get to ask that. I'm a Time Lord. Right. Not compass at all then i just thought since you saved my life and i've got a brand new sonic screwdriver which needs road testing you might fancy a trip what into space Uh, i can't i've got exams i've got things to do i have to go into town first thing and pay the rent got my family going mad if it helps i can travel in time as well get out of here i can come on now that is going too far i'll prove it you want to start, uh, Casey? The thing with Martha is that the first episode I saw, her, I liked her. Okay, whatever. Um, then I saw like the entirety of se- season three, and I was just bugged by her. It for a while I blamed her character development. For a while I blamed um, the for a tiny itty bitty bit. I, bra- I blamed the way Freeman Edgeman was acting, even though I didn't, even though she didn't have a problem. The thing is, I just. That character is not the person I would hang out with because I personally see her as, you know, I, I like analyze her every move and she just seems very selfish to me and very self-centered and I don't, I don't like her. (laughs) (laughs) So what'd you, what'd you think, Mads, of the very first episode? Uh, well, I like her. <laughs> um, I, I thought the, the first episode, I, I thought the first episode was pretty weak, actually. Um, I, I just didn't, I didn't really like it. I like the way that he was adamant uh, with, with Martha coming into the, the TARDIS when he says uh, that, you know, stating that she won't be a replacement. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a one-way trip. Yeah. Um, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, I like the fact, <clears throat> and this is before you know, all the episodes come on, that she's a doctor for a medical student, so you automatically get that sense that she's totally the opposite of what yeah. Yeah. Rose is, because Rose is, you know, she's just like a, a you know, a, a normal girl. She's yeah, average girl. Yeah. In it. yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then you've got probably the totally opposite, uh, you know, someone who's, who's succeeded a little bit more at school and has got to, to, you know, to become a medical student. So that was quite nice to see. Um, and also you get to see that the first sign, as we were talking about in the first series of the story arc, um, when you start seeing Vote Saxon. Mm-hmm. In the background and stuff. Well, I actually I enjoyed this episode. I actually enjoyed Martha as a companion. Um, I was skeptical just for the fact that I was such a Rose fan, but like Med said, I think she was just a total opposite of Rose. 
um, which I liked because it was so different. They weren't trying to make another Rose, even though I have to admit I didn't like the fact that she started to fall in love with the Doctor again. Um, I thought they already did that with Rose, and I'm like, okay, you already did that storyline. You know, that's probably one reason why I like Donna Noble so much is because she drew the line. There was no way that her and the, she was going to fall for the doctor, which was kind of nice. They were just going to be companion and doctor. That was it. You know, yeah. there was going to be no relationship. And with Martha, at least when they started off, I thought it was great. I'm like, oh, great. We have this strong, you know, doctor woman and, and she's a companion and she's an equal to the doctor. You know, she's smart and she knows her, you know, I just like that part of her. Um, and then as it, the series progressed, you know, as she started falling in love with the Doctor, I was like, oh, not this again. But um, but the first episode I thought was good. I liked the Judan. I thought they were cool cool characters and and the fact that they brought the, the whole hospital to the moon and I just thought it was a really cool... I liked the story. Alright, so let's move on to uh, the... Oh, this is another Stephen Moffat episode and it's probably one of my... another one of my favorites um, and another freaky one called Blink. Welcome! Where am I? 1969. Not bad as it goes. You've got the moon landing to look forward to. Oh, the moon landing's brilliant. We went four times back when we had transport. Working on it. How did I get here? Same way we did. Touch of an angel. Same one, probably, since you ended up in the same year. No, 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 no. Don't get up. Time travel out of capsule. Nasty. Catch your breath. Don't go swimming for half an hour. I, I don't. I can't. Fascinating race, the weeping angels. The only psychopaths in the universe to kill you nicely. No mess, no fuss, they just zap you into the past and let you live to death. The rest of your life used up and blown away in the blink of an eye. I think this episode is the best written episode of, like, the entire series thus far. Yeah, but what's crazy is that there's no Doctor. Mm. You know? Yeah, which this, is this really is, weird. Yeah, I mean, this one had the least amount of Doctor in it. Uh, but it, but I agree, I think it was well written. I mean, it was just a, it was a creepy episode. And how good of a companion would Sally Sparrow be? Oh my gosh, oh, I was yeah. so hoping they would do more with her. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, she was just brilliant. Uh, exactly what you want. Maybe that was the whole point. Maybe that was the reason why Stephen Moffat wrote that because you know she could come back. I would hope so because she yeah. would. She would be perfect. I was so bummed that they didn't do mo- more with her that we didn't see her again. That was she was like got- a one-off. The I wonder what that actress it. is doing in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> the one good thing about that as well is that the, the doctor says quite, although he's only in it at the end, he says quite an important line, which is, uh, I'm rubbish at weddings, especially my own. Mm-hmm. Which, oh. you know, leaves yeah. you thinking, oh, hmm, what's he's that been, all about? He's been, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's still, yeah, his history's still a little iffy. All right, so then there was another great two-parter called Human Nature and Family of Blood. They're following us. And the good news is, their life's like they're running out, so we hide. Wait for them to die. I have to stop being a time lord. I'm going to become human. Chameleon art rewrites my biology. Ah, ah! Journal of impossible things. Such imagination. Got quite a hobby. He's different from any man you've ever met, right? Yes. I had to go and fall in love with a human. It wasn't me. If they find us, Martha, open the watch. Sometimes I say things and they turn out to be correct. They found us. Oh my god, where's the watch? What are you talking about? This is not you. This is 1913. Change back! We need a Time Lord. Which 
one of them do you want us to kill? Doesn't this scare you enough to change back? Your friend or your lover? What you have discovered is based on a Doctor Who book. <laughs> yeah, by Paul Canal. It was the uh, seventh Doctor story. Oh, was it really? I didn't know that. Yeah. You can get it on the BBC website for free you know, on their um, e-books if you want to go back and read it. It's, it's virtually the same, but um, this the best, I think the best story, um, I think probably out of all of the new Doctor Who, these two, I think it's just, just beautifully wrote, beautifully acted, and, and so poignant. Oh, I cried. I cried oh. like a baby. <laughs> 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 and this episode just proves that um, I've always said that watching David Tennant is like watching a master class on acting because he goes from stylistic to realistic to over the top to subtle and from happy to sad and like all in just one episode. And with this, he is just the master of what he does <laughs> it it it's, it's mind-boggling <laughs> it, i i envy his talent <laughs> um, but what a fantastic idea i think yeah, yeah the whole idea of it was was cool so the fact that they can make himself a human mm. you know or a human like i guess um was really good and i, I just love the ending with what he did to each of those uh bad people yeah, he just yeah. goes to show yeah. that the Doctor is is a dark. Oh yeah, he is. Character. Oh yeah, no, no, no question about. It. You get to see that uh, with, as we were saying earlier on about the difference between Eccleston and and, uh, and Tennant, because he's just come from the Time War and he's obviously well, which would have been Paul McGann's Doctor, mm-hmm. has gone through terrible, terrible, you know, um, scenes of violence and and death, and and that will start. Obviously, that stays with him, and then you see how much of a um, you know using the B word would be, he is at yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, he's, he can be a nasty piece of work. He can, and that definitely showed it. That was surprising. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's move on to, this time we had a three-part uh, finale for Series 3 um, called Utopia, The Sound of Drums, and The Last of the Time Lords. I'm Minister of Great Britain, and these are my friends. They're called the Toclophane. What? Are you going to tell us who he is? He's a time lord. He's cannibalized the TARDIS. It's a paradox machine. We meet at last, Doctor. Stop that! Stop it now! We can't stop him. Down you go, kids! Remove one-tenth of the population. I'm coming back. And the Earth was no more. Well, who wants to start off discussion on this one? Because this one we... I think it should be meds. Okay. We'll go for it, meds. Uh, okay, well... I think the, for a three-part, are always a, a a brave thing to do, and I think Utopia, which is again going back to being directed by Graham Harper, mm-hmm. um, is the best out of the three, I think, um, because one, he's got Derek Jacobi in, and I would l- so much love to see uh, uh, maybe a couple more stories as seeing Derek Jacobi, Jacobi's master before he, you know, he, he puts his, his uh, mind in the fob watch, because mm-hmm. that man mm-hmm. is just such a brilliant actor, and, and the whole build-up to this, um, to, you know, I kind of I kind of figured it out as well that he was the master straight away, mm-hmm. but I was thinking, I wonder how many people who, who don't know Doctor Who, or don't know the Doctor's, because he is the arch enemy of the Doctor, yeah, uh, you know, would not get it until suddenly the last bit when he regenerates, and it's just, you know, having him kill his assistant, and, and it just goes to show that this man is a, a real, he, there's no question, he is ultimate 
evil. He's probably more evil than what Davros is. And and to me, it was just a fantastic build-up, just a fantastic story. Um, and then going into The Sound of Drums and Last of Times, I thought it petered a little bit, but, you know, mm-hmm. I won't say anything about yeah. this until you, you, you guys said about Utopia. How oh. how did you feel about John Sim as the master? Because I know you've had experience with other masters before. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, brilliant. Uh, really good. I mean, there's only been two... Two, there's, there's been five people who played the master, but there's, there's um, hence the reason why the whole thing about um, Mr. Saxon is master number six, if you rearrange oh. his letters. Oh, really? Uh, uh, yeah, Mr. Oh, Saxon. Oh, I, did, I didn't know that. That's cool. Six, yeah. So, um, so, because he is the sixth master. And before we'd had Roger Delgado back in the, the 70s, who was fantastic, but he unfortunately died in a car crash. And then Anthony Ainley, who was the one through Tom Baker. They all looked fairly cinema, you know, d- uh, hair drawn back with a beard. Hence, mm-hmm. which is why Davis says, oh, does he still have that rubbish beard? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought John Sim nailed it. I thought he was really, really good. And, you know, a bit of a shame that he dies, or does he, um, at the end. But I thought, yeah, Casey, I thought he was he was pretty good. He's a great actor as well, and I've followed him for a long time. I enjoyed the three-parters. Um, I think I enjoyed, you know, some more than others. Um, I enjoyed The Master. I, I, I don't think I saw Tom Baker in The Master in any of the episodes. Um, but he's definitely evil. I mean, really evil. Um and I don't honestly. I don't think he's dead. Obviously, I mean they can't kill the master. He'll come back. Now he's got a, a, a new line of, um, of regeneration as well because you only have thirteen lives. Well, as a that's, time. But that that's true. That's true. But that's uh, is that true for the new series? Because it was yes. it, it's never been mentioned. Because I talked to my friend, no. my friend Sean, who does the Gallifrey convention and it's never been mentioned that there's only going to be 13 months there have to i mean obviously there's gonna be a new doctor we're on we'll be on our 11th does that mean he can only regenerate two more times and then that the series is over well in essence yes um but of course uh you know things can change i mean that the, the master was brought back he'd used all his of his regenerations up and when he went back in uh the five doctors he was the uh, this is the thing see because it was the time lords who gave him another life. But as we've seen already, the Doctor had his hand severed off mm-hmm. and he regenerated into another person. So there's no, you know, there's, there's ways around it. I think it's, it's never going to kill the franchise. They will They will think of something. They will think of some way of bringing yeah. back another Doctor to change the oh, character. Yeah. yeah. It won't, it won't, it won't, it won't kill it off, no yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One thing before we leave this is that on the last of the Time Lords, um, there is a really interesting revelation uh, by Captain Jack, when he turns around and says that um, uh, he was his good looks earned him the nickname the face of Bo. Oh God, I love that. That's that right. Like, I love that too. I was like totally blown away when they revealed mm. that. I I know some people hated it and just thought it was the cheesiest thing, but I totally love that part. Oh, I thought it was brilliant, especially as the Doctor had seen. The face of Bo die, you know. Yes. Well, he's and he's also he's also the one that told him that you were not alone. You were not alone. Yeah. Which led to Yama, which was the master for the beginning of this. Mm. I just thought I I just love the way this is written. How everything just kind of intertwines and goes back to the beginning, and you know foresees the future, and it's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So um. So let's go ahead and talk about the third Christmas special. Um, which was Voyage of the Damned. 
um, and they had Kylie Minogue as the companion. What was her name? Asteriel? Asteriel? Astrid. 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 That's it. Yeah. Um, who wants to talk Anagram about? Of Tardis. Really? <laughs> I did, I did. That's very cool. I didn't know that. That's nice. Um, I, I I know people complained about this episode saying it was the Poseidon adventure, which I agree it, it had that element to it, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, you get to know these these characters so quickly, and when they die, you're actually hurt for the fact that they died. At least I was. You know, <laughs> don't laugh. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I mean, I was really, I was, I was pleased with this episode. I enjoyed it and I liked her as a companion. Um, I just thought it was a cool episode. It was fun. And I liked the angels with the halos that were like, uh, saws, <laughs> but how about you guys? I just, you know, it was nice to see Kylie Minogue in it and she was good. It was good to see Tennant in his dinner suit. He shouldn't wear that. It's a bad look for him. It really is. Um, <laughs> But and of course having the, having the, the the you know Titanic crash into the into the TARDIS, um, especially after you know now that we've had the, the what would have been the children in need thing with with the Fifth Doctor mm-hmm. uh, turn up, um, nicely put together. But it was just like I I couldn't care less about anybody on that ship um, apart from the the married couple. But that was only because you know it pulled at your heartstrings because there was a couple of you know who supposedly had won, but he you know they they got into debt and everyone was taking the mick out of them because they enjoyed the food and they're dressed in like strange clothing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a bit of a cheap cheap lighting point really. Although they were great great actors, I did care about them. But anyone else, even Kylie Minogue's character. I didn't really, I didn't really care when she died. I just thought, Meh. and then it was, to be fair, almost like the doctor because he didn't really seem that that bothered at the end. He just, you know, floated off, and 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 that was it. It was just, mm, just a cheap. I thought a bit of a cheap shot to get a, a well-known celebrity in on the act, and that'll do. All right, so let's move on to. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly. That's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> we have different opinions. Um... Let's move on to season four. This is the final season so far that they've aired. Um, Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one. They they brought back Miss Donna Noble as uh, the Doctor's companion. And I think uh, this is probably the most controversial season because either you love it or you hate it. Uh, but we're going to start it off with the very first episode called Partners in Crime. The last time. Martha, like I said, it it got complicated. That was all my fault. I just want a mate. You just want to mate? I just want a mate. You're not mating with me, sunshine. A mate. I want a mate. Well, just as well, because I'm not having any of that nonsense. I mean, you're just a long streak of nothing. You know, alien nothing. There we are, then. Okay. I can come. Ah. Who's going now? I love it. (laughs) I'm just... Corky! What? I've got my words, Corky! You want to go, Casey? Yes, I will go before Mets explodes. Um, <laughs> I I liked Partners in Crime, um, mainly from the 
when you look at how it must have been written, you really have to appreciate Russell T. Davies and what he does because that must have been hard. Just like the quick um, shifts from character to character <laughs> and comedic timing, that must have been the hardest thing to write. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> um, my eighth grade teacher even told me that writing comedy is the hardest thing you could ever do. So kudos to Russell T. Davies on that. Um, I did not like the adipose. <laughs> oh, I thought they were cute. The little adipose. I, I thought they were I thought they were cute, but um, <laughs> let's not introduce them as the uh, threat of the episode. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think they. But I don't. I don't think she. They were the cause, but I don't think they were the threat. It was more the the nanny who was sacrificing the earth to produce adipose. Yeah, that's true. But I, I, what I really liked about this episode was the, the reintroduction of Donna and the Doctor. Because they're going they go through this whole episode barely missing each other, you know, yeah. constantly missing each other, and she's still looking for him because, um, you know, she wants to to hook up with him again. And and when, when they meet across, and he's outside the window, and she's behind that door with the glass window, and they see each other for the first time, and she's doing her mimic thing. I, I was just rolling on the floor. I thought it was just so funny. I laughed at that because I thought of episode the episode 42 from season three and how donna how martha screaming like doctor doctor and the doctor screaming i'll save you and all of a sudden these two are just having a normal conversation (laughs) at two two separate points separated by glass yeah so i mean i do like the the reconnection of them And, and and you already can tell a different donna i mean i don't know what they did but they wrote her totally different and I liked her right off the bat. With this episode, I instantly liked her. So yeah. What do you think, Meds, of the introduction of Donna? Um, I think it was the worst opening episode of a season. Um, uh, probably for the, the, the exact opposites of why why you like it. I think, Kenny. I I can't. I couldn't stand this. You know, backwards and forwards, running across the off, you know the office. Uh, if you play that, you know, silent movie, kind of stuff in the background, mm-hmm. you, you would, you know, you just stick it in because it was just like, oh, a comedy episode. Um, and the adipose were just dire. I just thought the effects of it were were just pants, man. They were. It was just rubbish. How, how, how can you how can you say that though? How can you say that with compared to like the seventies and six all their their well, monsters? Because you you expect more now. I mean, in the seventies, you know, Doctor Who used uh, bubble wrap. You know, the stuff that you pack your your mm-hmm. crockery in or something, and you sprayed it green and stuck it on an actor and told him to wiggle on the floor. <laughs> that's where the money went. You know, we're now in two thousand and uh, two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. You expect uh, you know better for, from something, and to have uh, something that I could probably do myself. Out of, you know what? I'll tell you, here's a better thing to do. Let's get um, Nick Park, who does Wallace and Gromit, and get him to make some funny plasticine versions of it and do stop animation because it would have looked a lot better than the, the, the awful effects of him walking along with their cute little smiles and waving to the doctor <laughs> as they went by. Oh, come on. That's not, you know, if you're going to do if you're going to do comedy in space, then we'll stick with Spaceballs, not, not with Doctor Who. All right, so let's move on to another episode of season four uh, called The Doctor's Daughter. They're clean. All right, process them. Confess. Oi! Oi! Oh, clean hands! What's going on? Oh. Leave them alone! Ah. Ah. 
Someone tells me this isn't about to check my blood pressure. Ah! What are you doing to him? Everyone gets processed. Oh, oh, it's taking a tissue sample. I'm extrapolating here. Some kind of accelerator? Are you all right? Where did she come from? From me. From you? How? Who is she? Well, she's... Well... She's my daughter. Hello, Dad. Um, what did you guys think of that episode? I, well, I think this got everyone's, you know, and deliberately, deliberately titled The Doctor's Daughter. You know for a while he's going to get fans and even non-fans thinking, whoa, yeah. you know, we, we know the Doctor's got a granddaughter, um, you know, so, you know, where's, is this going to be Susan's mother or something? So, yeah. uh, and I, for me, I got really excited about it, especially when I realized that it was going to, um, going to be Georgia uh, Moffat to play the character of Peter mm-hmm. Davison's daughter. And the story was a bit, you know, it was a bit dubious, I thought. A nice story, but a bit of a cop-out how she, she comes along, I thought. But what a great end to it, you know. Mm-hmm. It leaves it open for her to come back. Uh, I, I'm glad they did that little scene where you just saw a little bit of the regeneration breath come out of her. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Mm-hmm. I think, even though it wasn't the best written, and I think it, I think it sh- should have had an, another episode. I think it should have been a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it was definitely the most emotional mm-hmm. because um, here was the doctor. He's obviously reminded of the family he's lost, and there's this girl that came from him that he doesn't want to have anything to do with. And then at the end, they kind of come together and kind of accept each other and who they are. And she dies, and then she comes back to life. I think that's a that's a great ending. Yeah. And he doesn't even know she's come back to life. I think that is one of the most heartbreaking things ever. <laughs> yeah. I think what saved it for me was uh, Georgia Moffat's acting and her performance yeah. as yeah. as the doctor daughter. And there, like, like Casey said, the relationship with the doctor. Um, that definitely saved it. That that made it, made it, you know, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's definitely up there. Um, as a, It's a really enjoyable episode, and I think that's what's, what saved it. Was just her reaction of how the doctor was acting, and she's so different than a doctor, you know. Mm. She, you know, so gung ho, and I, I just like that aspect of her. Um, and I just they're so uh, different, but they're also so the same. Yes, yes, that's what was great. She's as bouncy as she. She's as bouncy as he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> except he has a gun. Except she has a gun in her hand. And she's <laughs> <like> <laughs> yeah, so that that was a lot of fun. Um, and I hope to, I hope we do see her again. I think it would be cool to bring her back. Um, especially if it's not David Tennant's doctor, which I think would be interesting because she won't recognize yeah. him. You know, it'll be, the, it'll be the new doctor. Um, anyways, so, uh, let's move on. I know meds doesn't like this episode, but I picked it cause I thought it was really cool. Uh, called turn left. Most times the universe just compensates around it, but with you, great big parallel world. Hold on. You said parallel worlds are sealed off. Oh, they are. But you had one created around you. Funny thing is, it seems to be happening a lot. Do you? How do you mean? Well, the library and then this. Just 
goes with the job, I suppose. Sometimes I think there's way too much coincidence around you, Donna. I met you once, and I met your grandfather, and I met you again. In the whole wide universe, I met you for a second time. It's like something's binding us together. Don't be so dumb. I'm nothing special. Yes, you are. You're brilliant. And I, I just, I like what if episodes. What would happen if, if is, I like the fact that just one small event changes everything. Um, and that's what this episode was. I mean, you know, we saw she turned right and didn't turn left and, and, you know, the doctor, her and the doctor never met. And, you know, we see everyone die, which I thought was really cool. Watching Torchwood get killed and watching Sarah Jane get killed. And, and I just thought it was, I just thought it was a, it was a fun episode. All right, Mads, what did you think? You know, it's a, it's a little bit of an egocentrical episode. You know, the, the Doctor's not hasn't spent all of his time on Earth, mm-hmm. Earth goes on. Uh, also, it's um, as we always have Doctor Light, you know, episodes in in every series. Mm-hmm. Um, I just the re- I mean, I didn't like it when I first saw it. Uh, one because for the obvious reason, it's just you know Don and Oval constantly on screen. I did like the idea of it, but I just think it it kills. When you think about what's going to happen at the end, you know, with Journey's end, it kills that story because you think, well, we've already seen this. We already know what Donna's life's going to be like. And then you see it at the end. So I think that story kills part of the end of, of this series for me um, because you, you already know the outcome of it. Um, yeah, it was just everything. It was just annoying. I can't say anymore. And it was directed by, again, we've gone back to Graham Harper. He, you know, he should know better. He should have chosen a different episode to do, Graham. <laughs> right. to didn't you, he do Stolen Earth and Journey's End? I think he did a good Sorry? job of those. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. No, Stolen Earth and Journey's End? Yes, he did as well. Yeah, it's just that, it was just that episode. You know, he let himself down. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the final episode for Season 4 called The Stolen Earth and Journey's End. TARDIS is still in the same place, but the Earth is gone. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at war. Exterminate Torchwood! Dying, and you know what happens next. Oh, what do you mean? What happens next? I'm regenerating. You know you can fix that chameleon circuit if you just tried hot binding the fragment links and superseding the binary, 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 binary. I'm fine. Nah, never mind, Phil Spoon. You know what I'd like to mean? Charlie Chaplin. I bet he's great, Charlie Chaplin. Should we do that? Should we go and see Charlie Chaplin? Shall we? Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chester, Charlie Brown. No, he's fiction, friction, fiction, fixing, mixing, Rixton, Brixton. Oh my god. Do you know what's happening? Yeah. There's never been a human Time Lord Metacrisis before now. And you know why? Because there can't be. I want to stay. Look at me. Donna, look at me. I was going to be with you forever. I know. Rest of my life. 
lovely in the TARDIS. The Doctor Donna. I, I I liked it. I mean, I I enjoyed the whole Donna storyline. I thought, you know, her being an intricate part of this whole story arc for the season, I thought it was great. I mean, but I you know I'm I'm not super critical, so you know I liked I liked everything about it. I liked that the fact that they brought all the companions back and we got to see them all work together. Um, I wasn't too fond of bringing the Daleks back again, but at least they had Davros, you know. Yeah, um, I think that's one one thing in this series that they did too much of was Cybermen and Daleks. You know, the Doctor kept killing them off, and you thought that was the end of them, and then all of a sudden they pop up again because three were hiding somewhere that didn't get <laughs> killed by the Doctor, or you know, a parallel universe opened up and a few Cybermen came through. And but um, other than that, I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. I I thought it was a devastating ending. Um, I would have. Yeah. I think I would have rather her got killed rather than take away her memories and set her back in that life of of misery that she was in. I'm hoping that that her her mom and grandfather will treat her differently. Well, I know her mom will treat her differently. Her grandfather was always nice to her, and that will change yeah. her a little bit, so she's not as miserable or, you know. Um, but yeah, I thought I was devastated at the end. I was totally devastated. I thought it was great. So. Yeah, the, these two episodes had me in tears from, like, beginning to end. It had so many great moments, um, mm-hmm. especially especially the girly point for me where it's, like, this big Hollywood romance story where the Doctor and Rose are just running to each other. But, of course, she has this huge gun. <laughs> there's a Dalek coming out to shoot the Doctor. Yeah, that's romance at its high, high point, dude. Um, <laughs> uh the second doctor being born out of the hand it ends that story arc with the hand um, yeah which was cool and the whole it being part of donna too so it made him human yeah. or half human which i thought was really cool yeah i just thought so, it, was, in a it way, was cool yeah i think i think these these two episodes these two episodes just had me crying um <laughs> And it was also funny to see Rose jealous of Martha. Mm-hmm. It used to be the other way around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's just like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I saved the world too. I'm right here. <laughs> but yeah. So what do you think, Meds? Yeah, brilliant. I thought it was a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit too busy uh, in parts because you've got all these characters brought back. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think he needed them all back. I think it was, yeah, you, you know, Captain Jack. You got to have Captain Jack come back and Sarah Jane. Um, I don't think you needed Mickey really again. He seemed to be a bit of a, you know, a spare leg. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, you know, it's always good to see him. I loved the ending of it. I, I thought having the Doctor wipe Donna's mind, and at this point as well, 
I should point, my, my attitude towards Kathy and Trey ha- had started to change. Um, I was starting to enjoy her more, uh, probably from um, Silence in the Library, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd started to enjoy her character more. Um, and so I did feel a bit for her. But, yeah, he's wiped her mind. But the, mo- the biggest problem in her life was her mother. Mm-hmm. That was her biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wilfred, uh, her grandfather, uh, you know, brilliantly, brilliantly played by Bernard Cribbins. I love that uh, he was in the Christmas episode, too. Yeah, and because he was actually in the, the Doctor Who film back yeah. in the 60s. Mm. Um, so that was a nice little nod. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that her, their attitude has to change towards her to keep her alive. Mm-hmm. So she can't. You know, to her, her mother cannot turn around and be as she was to her. So her life should change, and it yeah. will change in a natural way. And that was, I thought, a real nice bit of it. The last thing is, is will the Doctor, in the specials, be wearing a blue suit? Because he's lost that one. Yep. Yeah. That clone stole it. Stole it all in a suit. Can't get worse. Yeah. And it was a good suit as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what was what was your guys' overall thought of season four? I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I um, I yeah. Where now where do you rank it with all the seasons? It definitely goes darn, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I know, as I said it, I'm thinking, man, what am I gonna say? Why did you ask this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I'll answer. I mean, I don't. I liked the first season just because I think it was my introduction back to Doctor Who, and I really enjoyed the story. Um, and I've and I've enjoyed every season after that. But four, definitely, I just liked the whole story arc. I loved how how everything was so integrated. To, I like really. I thought it was really good writing, and maybe not ha- didn't have some really strong episodes in the middle. But I think the overall story arc of Don, and, and to me, it was Donna's story. It wasn't, and maybe that's why meds didn't like it, is because it was more about Donna than the, the Doctor. I mean, it really was about the companion, um, and I like the fact that that Donna wasn't trying to fall in love with the Doctor; that they were just friends. That was it. Um, so you didn't have that whole aspect of the story, even though you did have Rose back in there and Martha came back in there, you know. But overall, I, I four is definitely really high up there with with one. Um, as a as a favorite series, you know, the more I think about it, uh, I think it's just really hard for me to rank the season in <laughs> any order because there's pluses in one season, yeah. there's minuses in others, yep. and yep. it's just it's always going to change. Yeah. It, so how about how about you, Meds? Uh, I mean, story wise. Um... Just, you know, re- brilliant stories. Uh, I mean, we, we didn't talk about it, but Silence in the Libraries, mm-hmm. you know, that, that story opens so many questions, which is probably the reason why we didn't talk about it, because it opens so, so, so many questions yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, of, with the future screwdriver. But also, I thought that was one of Catherine Tate's strongest episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as I... I said, going back and looking at it, um, I don't dislike her as much as I originally did, because, again, as we said, she is totally different than she is in The Runaway Bride. Mm-hmm. Her character's not as noisy and mouthy. And, mm-hmm. and she's, a, and, a, a, yeah, 100%, absolutely 100% agree with you. How nice is it to have a companion who doesn't fall in love with the Doctor? Yeah. And, and she's closer than how, I mean, we used to have, in, in, you know, in the past ones, there was, there'd been male companions before. Mm-hmm. And it'd be nice to see a male companion come in somewhere along the line. I would love to have um, a companion, yeah. Yeah, it'd be, that'd be great to see. Yeah, a permanent one, not like because Mickey technically was a companion, and so was, was a Captain Jack. 
But... Yeah, I mean, Captain Jack's too strong a character because he's he's too much like the Doctor, and you know, yeah. you couldn't have two people like it'd be too like two magnets going against each other. You know, it yeah. just wouldn't wouldn't gel. Um, but I think if you had a, a, a male companion who'd who'd be a bit like Dono, um, yeah. I, I think it'd be great. You'd probably get almost like the Holmes and Watson scenario with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be it'd cool. It'd be nice to see the doctor go to down to the pub with his guy friend and be like, hey, remember those aliens we totally destroyed earlier? That was awesome. That was great. That's what I want to see from 2010. There we go. Yeah. All right, so for Series 4, uh, once that was over, they had another Christmas special, which hasn't aired here in the U.S., so we're not going to really review it. Um, but we thought we would at least give you – we've all seen it, so we're at least going to tell you if we liked it or not. Um, and I actually liked it. I, I think it's one of my favorite Christmas specials. Um, it was just a very well done, well acted, and I thought it was really interesting. I think this is my favorite Christmas special too. Um, and uh, David Morrissey is definitely a fantastic actor. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> How about you, Meds? Yeah, uh, best Christmas episode for me. Um, some nice nods to Old Who. Um, and yeah, David Morrissey, uh, he's a brilliant actor. He's, he's been with, uh, he started with David Tennant in a, a program called Blackpool a few years ago. Um, the, it's just, yeah, really good old style episode. It has its flaws, like everything that we pick at, we, we, we geeks, we get the bigger <laughs> things. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think everyone's in for a, a real, a real good, um, a good show. Yeah. So hopefully it'll air here in the U S uh, fairly soon. Um, normally we get like I think like six months behind, so who knows? Maybe we'll get it in the summer. Um, but hopefully it'll air soon. It, it, it is, will. yeah, it is it is worth seeing. It's very good. Uh, that's it for the discussion on the new series of Doctor Who. But Doctor Who doesn't end just with a TV series. There is so much other Doctor Who stuff. Uh, you have Doctor Who comic books, cartoons. There's action figures. There's the huge audio dramas, um, and then there's. Uh, just really well done conventions for Doctor Who. But I know Meds wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Big Finish, which are the Doctor Who audio dramas. Yeah, I mean, Big Finish uh, is it was the thing that kept Who fans um, in touch while it was off the screen. We, we lost uh, Doctor Who in 1989 and came back with a TV movie in 96. And uh, Big Finish came along and brought us the Doctors that were still alive, which is Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann, and gave them new original stories done in audio dramas. Um, and they are they are excellent. John Pert returns up in, in one, but that's, they used his clips um, from Zagreus, which is a, a fan-made story. Um, the only other Doctor who hasn't participated in this is, uh, is Tom Baker. Um, there's been 76 stories so far on CD and they're available for, for purchase or download um, I, I'm sure you can get them on download over there um, <laughs> they are great, they're really good and what it does is it helps You know, people like Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann never really had a chance to um, breathe life in their own persona as the Doctor because their, their time was cut short Paul McGann only had the film, uh, so their stories are a little bit more poignant. You, you, you get to see more about them, there's more companions, and they, they're kind of built in in between their episodes that they actually made. Mm-hmm. Um, the only downside to this is, I mean, Big Finish license has now been extended to 2010, which is just fantastic, but they are limited. They cannot use 
any references to New Who. So it prohibits Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant uh, from appearing as the Ninth and Tenth Doctors. Of course, that might change uh, mm-hmm. later on when they leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you do get the chance to to download even just a you know a part of the story of one of them, it's it's really worth picking up on because it's uh, it, they are they are pretty good. All right, so um, so yeah, so there's a lot of Who out there, not just the TV series. There's a lot, it's it, many incarnations, and um, so there's a lot of Who to loathe. Um, <laughs> so we're going to uh, let's see. So yeah, so with the end of season four, series four, Christmas special, uh, David Tennant has agreed to do three more specials, and then he will be leaving us as the Doctor. And we just recently, probably a week and a half ago or so, they announced a new doctor, and his name is Matt Smith. Uh, I don't know much about him. I don't think he's big here in the U.S. Um, the big thing, I think the most controversial thing about him is that he's young. Um, do you want to talk about him a little bit? I'm sure you've seen him before in other things, right, Meds? I've seen him in a um, – only a – couple of things and that was the ruby in the smoke which he started billy piper mm-hmm. uh and the street he's he's been in secret die of a cool girl um which is another thing with billy piper which is a bit controversial on our tv mm-hmm. um and he's he he's he's a very very good actor i mean uh, he's in the street he's he was really stands out mm-hmm. he's got that kind of youthfulness the enthusiasm but there's a certain look in his eye and there's a certain look on his face where you know, he he looks like he's lived a bit. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't look like he's. You know, you see a lot of twenty-six-year-old actors, and they all they just look like babies, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's. I'm quite excited. I didn't think I would be when I first. I mean, I guessed it before they announced it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guessed it about ten minutes into it, and I thought, oh, this could be a bit controversial to a lot of people. And it has caused a bit of controversy. Mm-hmm. But you know, so did a lot of people when when David Tennant came along. And I was like, mm, well, you know, I'm not too sure about him. Yes, I mean, uh, and yeah, and that's my thing too. Is that you know, I wasn't sure with David Tennant but I gave him time and he grew on me um, and I really like him as the doctor and I think this could be the same way I can't judge him just because he's young um, I'm going to wait until I see his performance and see how he performs as the, the, the doctor and I'm sure I'm going to love him I mean I have no doubt We have this, and, and, that, and especially the fact that we have Stephen Moffat taking over for Russell T. Davis um, and Moffat has you know he's written some of the best who episodes I find it interesting with the, the build up to the announcement of the new the new Doctor, where people were speculating what it was going to be. And I think we talked about this in the forums. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a bit of a, not so much an argument, but the discussion of whether the, the new character was going to be a black actor like Patterson Joseph. Mm-hmm. And, or, Which I thought would have been great. Um, but I, I had, and I think a lot of people had no problems with his colour because the Doctor changes... He changes his, his his body to an essence, but yeah. the biggest thing that I was saying, if they announced it as uh, as a woman, then I would have had serious serious <laughs> uh, uh, ranting about it because he is he is gender he's male because you do have female time lords, Ravani mm-hmm. and Ravana were female, yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 I was quite oh no please don't. So there was a lot of relief for me on that point. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm like I said, I'm happy that Matt was picked, but I'd still wish all the doctors have been white men, white British men, which I'm fine with British, obviously, because it's the BBC program. But, I mean, it would have been nice to have, you know, him as Mideastern or Indian or black or just something different. And because, you know, there are British people who are not all white. You guys aren't all white over there. 
honestly thought we've we've the the changes in 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 America in your country where you've now got a you know a black president coming mm-hmm. in that they might, I thought that might have been actually the reason why they didn't choose a black actor people compare thought, it to it yeah yeah and also oh come on we'll jump on the bandwagon and we'll you know we might be able to sell a few mm-hmm. a bit more to america with this because we've got hey we've got a black doctor whilst yeah. you've got a black president so that might have been the reason why they didn't go for it he was the third person apparently who walked in the room um so it'd be interesting to see who the other two would have been of course we'll we'll never know like any casting session you very rarely know who the yeah. other people were yeah i think that's why they they got a lot of fans with such as Captain Jack, in, but mm-hmm. although he's, you know, Captain Jack will sleep with anybody or any, you know, anything, <laughs> you know. Yes. He, he, but he, it's a well-known fact that John Barrowman is is a gay actor. Yes. And you know, not that that should be a, a point because he's an actor at the end of the day. It shouldn't matter what his sexuality is. He's an actor. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think the reason, he, obviously, because you know, Russell T Davies is he's uh, gay himself, so mm-hmm. I think it does add that extra. Modern, modern day kind of like free thinking attitude towards it. And I think mm-hmm. that's what makes this new series of Doctor Who, although to be fair, like probably like, you know, original Trek and original Doctor Who was fairly open to having, you know, it, it broke boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think that's what yeah. made this new Who more accessible and also more sort of like, this is what it's all about. This is modern day life. Mm-hmm. Here you have it. I, and I think that's, that should be applauded, especially Russell T Davies. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we have, I think we have great things coming for 2010 with the whole new Doctor, new companion, which they're casting for now. And hopefully they'll pick someone really cool. And um, with Moffat being in charge, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it can only get better. So oh, I think it's the best thing that could ever happen to Doctor Who, having Stephen Moffat come in. It's going to be, well, what I yeah. hope is going to be, is that it's going to be uh, darker for a start, I, I mean, this is only what I think. I'm not saying it's going to be, but we've 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 looking into Stephen Moffat's past writing. He's always been a fairly dark writer, although yes. he's come from a, a humorous start with Press Gang in the in the 80s. Um, but for me, that's got to be a good thing because you've had Russell T Davies's almost like glimmer of sunshine everywhere you go, <laughs> and then and then Moffat's now nah, this is a bit of the real world. Have that, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be full of darkness, yeah. despair, and, and not nice. So if he balances it well, I think you're going to see. And this this is also the thing as well. Was probably the reason why he chose such a young actor because we know Moffat's a dark writer. Yet you've got this young actor coming mm-hmm. into it. So you've got young, fresh actor who's got six months to build his own character before he starts filming. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Moffat start writing. Of course, he's not going to write all of them. He's only going to be like Russell T. Davies writing the main, yeah. main arc. Yeah, but he so, still has his fingerprints on every single script. Oh, he'll I have mean, wrote, the, he'll have he wrote will, the structure already. Yeah, he will, he will touch every script. It's not like he can't say, no, I'm not going to do it this, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think we have good things ahead for Doctor Who. I'm really excited, even though it's still a year away. Oh, I know. That's the worst part, but I just can't handle a whole year without a who, a new who. So I'll keep you updated. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I think that is going to do it. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoyed talking a little who with us, listening to us talk about our favorites and, Mm -hmm. um, I want to thank Rico for giving us the opportunity to take over one of his podcasts and, and share our love of who with you guys. So um, thank you, KC. You're welcome, Kenny. <laughs> and thank you, Meds. Thank you, Kenny. It's been an a, a absolute pleasurable couple of hours talking to you both. It's been brilliant. Great. And, this has um, been great. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So um, watch Doctor Who. Yes. Yes, more who. <laughs> more who.
I will find you. I will make you watch Doctor Who. <laughs> All right, I think that's going to do it. Take care, guys. Cheers, bye.